Welcome to Other Duties as Assigned. This week, we are very excited to be joined by Clay and Jason, who are the fearless leaders of the Tatooine Outpost of the Defense Digital Service here at the Georgia Cyber Center. Enjoy. Clay, can you tell us a little bit about how you specifically got here to the Tatooine Outpost of DDS at the Georgia Cyber Center? Sure. Um, I mean, this morning I got in my Jeep and I you know, drove the couple miles. No. Oh, you drive a Jeep? Yeah. Good to know. It's orange. Um, no, so I, I was teaching at West Point uh, in the computer science. Um, professor up there and um, former friend of mine was uh, down here at Fort Gordon and started interacting with the group from DDS and they knew they were looking for somebody to come down and sort of lead this thing that the cyber school wanted to call the advanced education program. And so he recommended me and a group of DDSers came up to West Point and, you know, we timed it correctly that they came up in mid December and we got a nice little snowstorm. So they were able to see um, the campus, you know, under snow, which is actually pretty impressive. And they were very impressed with the location and they figured, Hey, you know, this guy likes star Wars. We probably can get him to come down (laughs) and uh, work in this space. So that's sort of how I was introduced to the crew and then about eighteen months later, I um, did my you know moved my family from New York to here to Augusta. What's your official title? So I have a bunch of different official titles, um, but I guess the role I'm performing is I'm the director of the Advanced Education Program, and as other duties as assigned is the director of Tatooine. So talent bounty hunter. Yeah, so unofficially, I also call myself a talent bounty hunter, um, just based off of my relationship with a lot of the. Uh, technically talented service members that I've been exposed to through various um, activities, you know, teaching and um, on the capture of the flag, CTF scene. So, you know, and I like Boba Fett. So I figured that was a good idea. Jason, so you were actually down here first. Can you talk about how you ended up here and what your role is? Sure. So I uh, actually was here for 12, 12 months by myself. And uh, I got hooked up with DDS primarily because I worked two offices down from Clay at West Point in the computer science department. Uh, So, you know, Clay was coming down 18 months later. They needed someone to kind of get some things started and rolling down here. I was already on orders to Fort Gordon. And so uh, a few um, senior leaders kind of went to bat and, and moved me uh, from one job to another. And I spent, you know, the past 12 months kind of standing up uh, operations down here um, at Fort Gordon. What did you know about DDS before you heard from Clay and decided this is what you were going to do? Yeah. So one of my, uh, close friends from within my sort of, um, you know, career field in the army had told me about, uh, DDS, uh, then a former deputy director of DDS was a, a close friend of his, so I'd heard about it, and then this same event that Clay just described where DDS came to West Point one night uh, was the first kind of like real interaction I had with them. And so I sat there in the audience and kind of listened to um, uh, then-director Chris Lynch and uh, an active duty service member kind of describing uh, what DDS was doing um, in its partnership with Army Cyber Command and technically talented service members. And, you know, I came, uh, I came back that night um, – you know, very animated, as my wife will attest to. Uh, it, it was it was really exciting to hear. I you know I've I've been a part of a somewhat technical career field for the past 
10 years or so, right? I, I kind of elected into a network engineering career field because I wanted to stay uh, as technical as I could. Um, and and to hear sort of DDS, to, you know, their, their mission to empower, to find um, those technically talented service members was really inspiring. And so that was my first exposure. Uh, had some talks with DDS. And then when it kind of came to light that, you know, hey, we're looking for someone to sort of run things uh, for about a year until Clay shows up, uh, I, I, you know, jumped at the opportunity. Unfortunately, the, the support system was there to make that happen. I had never heard of DDS, actually, until I started working here. And uh, y'all were one of the first partners that I met. And your mission was just really interesting to me. And I think it's one of the most interesting um, units at the center, really. And when people come to visit, they always specifically ask about DDS. So could you, Clay, could you talk a little bit about, um, you know, the relationship between our cyber and DDS and kind of how that got started and why Augusta and all the things under that umbrella? Yeah, sure. So, you know, to set the sort of stage, the, the Defense Digital Service is an office that works out of the Pentagon. It's a team of what they call... Um, I guess it's the a lot of different phrases, but we call it a nerd tour of duty. So um, technically talented folks from the uh, software and hardware information technology um, commercial space will come and do a limited time tour with the Department of Defense. And um, so these are software and hardware engineers, designers, product managers, and um, bureaucracy and procurement hackers is sort of the role of the, what we call the Defense Digital Service digital service experts or DSEs, mouthful there. Um, so they are to help the department solve problems where technology has failed us, where we're not properly using hardware and software. And about four years ago, um, a group from DDS ran into some service members that were part of our cyber up in the Fort Meade area who were working on a problem and that sort of self-resourced and built their own little computing lab and hardware lab, and they had like a Faraday cage set up inside of an old um, barracks locker room. And the the DDS crew said, you know, there's some technically talented, really good work doing here. What if we enabled them with our background and our experience and our skills, and we pulled them out of this facility, and we, we put them in the Pentagon where our space is, and just sort of overlaid our expertise and talent with this, you know, really amazing work they were doing. Um, and that was really a successful project. It was sort of the um, thing that kicked off this relationship with our cyber and DDS. Um, the then director of our cyber, commander of our cyber, um, General Nakasone, asked the Defense Digital Service to build him a capability and location where this continued collaboration can happen. And he wanted it down in Augusta, where he knew that his headquarters would be moving. You know, a year and a half, two years later, and so. Um, partnered with the cyber school, the U.S. Army Cyber School over at Fort Gordon, um, created a program where students can come and work um, in our space on projects through project-based learning versus classroom-based learning, and you know just began looking for a permanent facility to build out, um, you know, a, what we call a startup chic kind of workspace, and that's sort of what we've we've built here. Um, and, you know, we have efforts underway to bring in other service members besides Army. Uh, so we're looking to, you know, find talent in the Air Force and the Navy and the Marines, partner with them, bring them into our space with civilians um, that work for, D for DDS um, 
and just you know be kind of become a, a hub of innovation for um, the Department of Defense down here in downtown Augusta. So you guys have a pretty unique culture upstairs with a mix of service members and civilians and people from lots of different backgrounds. How important is it to build that culture? And y'all have chosen to build it kind of around a Star Wars theme and be very specific. Do you think that plays into your success a good bit? I mean, I, I mean I'm sure it does. I mean, if we want um, individuals to feel empowered and we want them to be able to to be surrounded by other creative and technically talented people, we need to put them in a workspace where they feel comfortable. If we want to recruit civilians to leave the tech industry and come work for government, we need to make it look like what they're used to seeing. Um, Which is to say more fun and engaging than a a beige, boring building. I mean, yeah, I mean, we have a great scenery. You know, we got the great view of the Savannah River. Um, You know, we have a lot of skyline we can see. It's not your typical um, government office, you know, with cubicles. It's open space. Um, and, you know, we're not the only people in the department that are doing that. There's others that are, you know, seeing this kind of idea, um, but it's something we believe in. And we want to we build a place where people want to come to work. They want to work hard. They're empowered. There's no blockers that are preventing them from executing their mission. And we want them to feel that their opinions and their talents are adequately being used and um, respected and that they're working on meaningful projects. And so that's what we just that's what we try to do up there. So you were saying that lots of other other units have taken note of that in the open workspace and, and making it feel like an effective place to work. Um, Jason, do you think that the, the model that y'all have taken with mixing civilians and service members and uh, making them feel empowered, do you think that that has kind of uh, trickled down and affected the way the other DOD units work? So, you know, I think that... <clears throat> as with a lot of sort of, um, you know, I want to say revolutionary, that might be a little too strong of a word, but sort of these movements, right? I mean, we see this happening in the Air Force, uh, at various sort of outposts. There's there's multiple Army units and DOD units that are kind of all coming to this realization, right, that, you know, in the, in the domain of information technology or, you know, I'm going to do air quotes, right, in cyber, um, Things are a little bit different, right? And and we're kind of, I think, at all echelons wrestling with what does that really mean from, you know, who's able to contribute to the mission? And I think a lot of people are starting to come to the realization that, you know, the concept of a, t- a 10Xer, we call them, right, is someone who's able to contribute 10 times what, you know, the person to their left or right might be able to uh, is a very real concept in sort of the information technology arenas, right, or in uh, the cyber domains, not, not typically the case in most army professions, right? You can't run 10 times faster than me and you can't lift 10 times more than me. Uh, in, in you can't other... be 10 times more accurate, right? Than, like, yeah, right. It's very... I can be 10 times slower. That's challenge <laughs> accepted. It's, it's a very, uh, it's very kind of like incremental or iterative improvement, um, over sort of what the average is. Um, and, and so, you know, it really, I think takes some, some, bold leadership, frankly, right? People willing to take risk in a organization that is very much, uh, by its nature, risk adverse um, in empowering uh, technical talent wherever we find it in uniform and partnering them with sort of, uh, as Clay was describing, the, you know, sort of this digital service 
expert, term limited, uh, hire someone, someone with technological expertise from private industry coming in for a tour of duty, right? A patriotic tech tour of duty in government, uh, working hand in hand with service members in uniform, I think is a, is a really powerful and, and, and pure thing, really. It's, it's, it's great to see. We need that sort of combination of, right? I mean, there's a lot of like authorities and all this kind of stuff that comes with being in uniform. Um, and, and those guys are, and gals are on, you know, various commitments, right? But then partnering them with people who are taking a break from industry, bringing that experience into government uh, for, for a short time and working on projects together collaboratively is super, super profound. It ensures that we have the, the proper amount of, you know, tech refresh and skill refresh uh, because, you know, I, I think as, as you and all your listeners are aware, <clears throat> the, you know, technology arena is evolving rapidly, right? And what's, what's the uh, most appropriate tool to solve a problem today will not necessarily be the same two to three years from now. And we're just not, especially on sort of the information technology side of things, we're not used to thinking about um, uh, or acquiring solutions to problems, you know, in DOD on, on those types of timelines. What's also important to think about with our people, both the civilians and the military, is DDS or Tatooine is not a final destination. It is a stopping point on your career. For the military members, we, they come through, they see a different way of doing things, they work on some important problems, they get exposed to you know, opportunities and technologies that, that maybe they won't see in their normal jobs, but then they take that back to their units. They PCS or you know, they do a military move, try to avoid all the jargon, right? They do a military move to a follow-on unit, they bring what they learned, and they sort of share that. And so we're sort of you know, planting these, these seeds, and we're sort of like letting this attitude and this experience sort of spread throughout the service and then the civilians right they're like jason said they're term appointed right they're going to do two years renewable for another two years but it's not a it's not a career bureaucrat they're not going to work for the department that long they're going to come in they're going to contribute to the mission and you know they're going to work really hard and they maybe get burned out they maybe work you know harder than they worked before but when they're done they're going to go back to where they came from and they're going to tell all their friends they're going to tell their colleagues um, you know, what they did. And that's just sort of helps us start that next batch that wants to flow through. Um, and, and with technology, they need to go back into industry and find out what's the new best practice that we're using because, you know, they're going to be, their information and their experience is going to be dated. And so it's this constant refresh. And so we're not, you know, like I said, we're not a destination. We're just, you know, a pit stop on the, on the, on the path of improving the department's um, software and hardware. I think it's also really remarkable that most of the service members you're bringing in are really young and they're early in their career. And so you're affecting them when they're, you know, creating their way of thinking about how they work and how they solve problems. And, you know, if they're solution oriented versus if they're, you know, more about talking their way around a problem. Right. Um, so I want you guys to brag on yourselves a little bit. I know you can't, you can only talk about your project so much, but what's, kind of the thing you're most proud of that you've accomplished since coming down to Augusta? So, so I think, um, uh, you know, without getting into specifics, right. One of the things that I find the most gratifying, I guess, um, two things, right. So one is the, um, scene. So I have, I have, uh, um, you know, I spent my first four years on active duty in a combat arms branch, 
um, served in uh, the 0608 rotation to Iraq, right? And so I have um, a little bit of experience um, from the warfighter perspective, right? And so when I see uh, young technologists, right, uh, typically the, the service members are the, the younger, sort of the junior engineer roles on our team, uh, coupled with these DDS civilians working on uh, technological solutions to operational problems that are no kidding, you know, saving lives, improving the way that uh, warfighters are able to conduct their missions. That to me is is really the most powerful, I think. It, it's, it, it makes you, you know, when, when you have like as with any kind of like startup type effort, right? There's some really, really high highs and there's some really, really low lows, right? And I think it's that sort of touchstone of knowing that the work that these these teams are doing is really important, right? And and it's worth fighting for. It's worth um, trying to get it, you know, through the proper acquisition channels and field it appropriately so that there's sustainment for it and all of those things that at every turn someone's telling you, you can't do that. That's some other organization's job, right? And, uh, you know, my retort to that is always like, well, then why is it still a problem? So seeing that, seeing that has been really, I think, um, finding that focus, right? That wasn't always our focus, but finding it, I think, has been really rewarding. And then the second I, uh, is more of on the personnel side. When we see, you know, I, I sit and listen. I know what the alternative is for the young service members we have in our office, right? I've I've been where they would be if they were not here, and hearing the, the just the level of sophisticated conversation they're having about technology, about customer focus, and you know. Um, it's really also, I think, super motivating for me, right? Which is not a <clears throat> typical vocabulary yeah, for right. your typical young service member in a lot of cases. Exactly. You know, it's, I think that it's just really representative of kind of what Kaylee was highlighting earlier in that, you know, and Clay was discussing is that these um, young service members are going to leave the confines of this DDS outpost go back into, or for some, some of them the first time, go into, uh, you know, um, the operational formations and, and have be bringing with them this sort of customer focused mindset, right? Um, which you're exactly right, Josh, is not a, a typical thing that we think about, right? And, you know, if we're not, we, we all say, you know, you've heard of like, um, agile BS, right? Or, or innovation theater, um, you know, if we're not if we're not constantly checking in on uh, with our users, right, and incorporating that feedback in a very tight loop, and we're talking like on the order of weeks, not months, it's not agile, right? And we can put it on PowerPoints, and we can draw Venn diagrams and intersect them and make it sound real cool. But the bottom fun, you know, the bottom line fundamental principle is, uh, you know, tight feedback loops incorporating user feedback, and to hear these young service members sort of like grow into that and have these very mature uh, conversations just, you know, commonplace in, in, in the offices, um, also very rewarding, right? And sometimes you kind of get numb to it, but then you just kind of take a step back and you're like, wow, you know, these, these, uh, service members really have an opportunity to, to bring tremendous impact into their formations. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's, that to me is something that I think really indicates like things are going well. Yeah. And you know what, what I get excited about, you know, along those same lines is when when our team talks about what they're doing to their peers and we have like random folks who contact us and said, I want to apply. 
and you're like, well, where'd you hear about us from? And they said, well, I talked to so-and-so, talked to so-and-so, talked to, you know, Connor, and Connor really likes this opportunity. And so we, you know, we try to recruit. We don't recruit like heavily. We do, um, you know, like these types of engagements here and visitors who come through our space, and it's really word of mouth and recommendations. But when we have um, candidates come out of the woodwork and want to apply, then then it's really exciting. We had our guys the other day were talking, and they said, I think we're probably the three best Android developers in the Army. And, you know, if that statement's true or not, you know, don't really know. But I said, well, when did you start developing Android apps? And they're like, oh, like five months ago, right? And so <laughs> they feel confident in their abilities. Empowerment, and man. Yeah, and they've gone from, like, you know, zero to hero in, a, you know, a matter of, you know, months. Um, but it's because they have this raw talent. You said they're young. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, newly graduated. They have this raw educational talent, but then you're, they're taking this experience that the DSEs bring in, and they're able to apply that in meaningful ways. And, you know, they're they're kind of excited because, you know, they said, hey, well, you know, I had a project in school, and I could only work on it like two hours a day, and then I had to turn it in because it was due. But now I'm working on this project eight or nine hours a day, and we're doing it every day of the week. And you've been working on it for six months. You can make, you know, some really good strides. Um, you know, and also when I've been talking to our group, I asked them, you know, kind of privately one-on-one, I say, you know, do you regret doing this? I'm like, you know, would you have rather go with the other option? And they always say, oh, I'm so glad I did this. And I tell everybody that I know. I can imagine. And, I, you know, I hope they're not just giving me lip service, but, you know, and I want them to be honest because it's, you know, them sharing their story with their peers and those coming up behind them that are going to get the excitement and others want to come do it. But, you know, and we try to stress with them that, just because you came and did this doesn't mean you're better than anyone else, right? I mean, it means your path is different. Everybody's path is different. You're going to go to your next unit. You're going to have a, maybe a little bit different experience than the other people coming into your unit at the same time. And it's up to you to share this, right? But it's also up to you to learn from them from their experience. And so when they get excited about what they did um, and they feel that what they're doing is meaningful and that their opinions and their skills are being applied um, – and treated with respect, right? I mean, like, there's not a lot of times that you let a brand-new second lieutenant brief a three- and four-star general on something they're building. And it's very rarely that the three- and four-star general are super excited about it and give them very positive feedback. So we've had a lot of attention for the folks in our program being by name requested to come support other missions. We have people coming out of the woodwork not only just to apply but also to bring us their problems. And when people bring us their problems, that leads to more projects, which leads to more people, which just kind of shows what we're doing here is uh, meaningful. Where do you find a lot of that industry talent when you're recruiting civilians to come work on these teams? Where do most of those people come from? They've come from all over. I mean, we've had folks that have worked in, you know, in your big tech companies out in um, Silicon Valley area. We've had those that come from the Chicago area. Right now we're very heavy in Chicago. Um, we've had folks that have, you know, come from other parts of the government. We've had some folks we've hired from, you know, the, the Navy, right, per se, or the Army who've come over and worked with our team. A lot of it's word of mouth. Um, you know, we have a dedicated um, member of our team who's up in the Pentagon, and she is, you know, out there doing recruiting events. So we go to conferences. We try to engage in, the, you know, underrepresented communities, you know, where there's creative talent and but like I said before, we really want our folks when they rotate back out to go and tell their peers about what they did so that we can sort of create this pipeline. 
coming in and out. So um, we we've we brought in college interns before, right? And we we go to college campuses and sometimes talk. But we what we sort of say is, you know, this isn't a job we want you to apply for immediately out of school. We want you to go out and do three, right. four, five years in industry, and then when you start thinking about what's next, consider us. Consider coming back and serving your country for you know up two years. Right. And sometimes it's even less than two years. You know, they come in, they can stay as long as they want. And so sometimes folks come in and they do a project or two, you know, 18 months is up and, and they they rotate out. Um, it's like a Peace Corps for tech. Right. That's another phrase we use to sort of talk about it. Do you find that that pipeline is coming as easily to the Augusta area as it did to the Pentagon office? Um, I mean, we hope so. We haven't. Um, you know, we haven't we haven't hired our first civilian to work down here yet. We are actively, you know, interviewing candidates and, and seeking um, more applicants. Um, I don't think it's because of Augusta. I just think it's, you know, right now we are, you know, we're, we're hiring for everywhere, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're um, as Jason said, you know, we've had a leadership change, uh, and that always comes with, with turnover. And so we have, you know, a lot of hiring efforts going on. Uh, we're excited to start getting um, – civilians you know to come down here to work in our spaces the folks that work in the pentagon come down on a regular basis and they love to be down here they love the environment they love the atmosphere they love the community um they're looking forward to that direct flight uh, in january but uh you know i I don't think it's gonna be a problem i think you know we're glad to have them so hiring pitch so you have positions open right now and if someone's listening and wanted to apply what's their best mechanism for doing that well the best and only mechanism really is to go uh, to www.dds.mil slash join, J-O-I-N. You're going to see two buttons on there, and it's available to civilians or to military members. The civilian billet would say apply to DDS, and the uh, and uh, the and if you're a military member or you already are a civil servant working for the Department of Defense, there's a button called TDY to DDS, temporary duty. And so you can click that, and you can come um, you can come on in. Do y'all want to talk a little bit about the big event that y'all have coming up in November? This likely won't air until after that event. So you're welcome to do that. Yeah, sure. So um, we officially moved into the Georgia Cyber Center about this time last year. And so we occupied our new space on the fifth floor at the beginning of August. And so we are having our grand opening event in November. Uh, We are going to have uh, a really exciting day. We're going to have some guest speakers. We're going to have a panel of one of our uh, projects, uh, potentially. Uh, we're going to have some uh, a fireside chat with our director and some of his friends from the uh, the tech industry. And we're going to show off the space. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be recruiting, and it's just going to be a very, you know, happening time. I think it's a big deal for when people realize that y'all are in Augusta. I think it's a big deal when they hear about innovation in DOD, and I think it's something that gets people really excited. So I'm excited for the community to to understand that y'all are having a grand opening. You're officially here. You've got people working on the ground in Augusta. This isn't something that's happening up in D.C. anymore. You've moved down here, and you've got a permanent home. Um, so I think it's going to be good for especially downtown Augusta. Um, and building the ecosystem. So, Jason, could you talk a little bit? I know ecosystem is probably your favorite word. Will you talk a little bit about the ecosystem that that you're trying to build um, and that's necessary for Augusta as our cyber moves down here? 
Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, this is kind of um, ties to sort of like, is it hard to get people to work in Augusta, Georgia, right? And, you know, for most people, Augusta, Georgia is not, uh, you know, like in the top 20 of places they want to live, right? Whoa, now. Um, <clears throat> I think. In fact, fact check that. Um, so uh, you have interns around here, right? Um, the, you know, the ecosystem is like super critical, right? Um, we in government are uh, limited in what we can offer talent, right? Uh, pay scales are public knowledge, right? Caps out um, at, um, you know, certain certain pay grades, um, which don't typically compete uh, for, you know, with, with the private industry, especially for the type of talent we're looking at. Um, so, so we can't beat them on pay. Um, we, we, you know, we like to say, well, we've got the mission, right? Like this is the only place you can work on that mission. And that's true ish. Uh, but that only goes so far, right. And it goes, you know, um, even shorter distances when you stuff people into, uh, you know, asbestos ridden, uh, crumbling buildings. Right. Um, so, so what we're really, um, trying to, I think, establish, right, is uh, something, something that we call kind of a beacon of hope, mm -hmm. right, in that this is what um, engagement with the technical industry, right, uh, technological talent can look like in government. It doesn't have to all be, you know, cube farms in uh, sort of like, I want to say like quickly produced buildings, right, but nothing's <laughs> quick in government. Um, but just kind of like very just, you know, bland uh, office spaces, right? Uh, if you really want to recruit people down here, you have to kind of have all of the amenities or as many of the amenities as you possibly can that they're used to, right? And so with that also comes sort of, you know, if, I'm, if I move here from, say, San Francisco, right? And it's totally feasible that I would do that, especially if I'm from the area, right? There's plenty of people who grew up in the southeast, went to a school like... I'll, I won't name any specifics, right? But went to like sort of a um, Clemson. <laughs> went to a uh, uh, is that a school? Is that, what is that? <laughs> yeah, you probably heard of. Them. Yeah. Uh, so went to uh, a school in the southeast, right? Uh, studied computer science or some sort of um, you know derivation thereof, and then when it came time to get a job, didn't have any options here, right? And so there's there's I think for every person who um, maybe not one to one ratio, but for every for for many of the folks who you know, want to work in big cities, right? There's also a lot of them that are like, you know, I'm kind of at the point where I'd like to start a family. It's cheaper living out here. I maybe right? don't want a two-hour commute every day. Yeah, right. Things like that. My 17 roommates uh, in my studio apartment are starting to annoy me. Oh. Um, you know, and so I think there, there's a lot of like just inherent value in coming back to a place like Augusta, right? Uh, where where you, the cost of living is much, much lower. Um but but there also you know I think is is a, a challenge to the community in that there has to be we have to we have to provide everything that we possibly can provide right you have to have fun things for people to do you have to have good places to go out to eat you have to have a you know a thriving sort of community to support relocating people here to Augusta Georgia right and that that comes in the form of you know physical properties around town, like great places to go and spend my free time if Clay ever lets me have it. Um, but then also knowing that, you know, I have other, you know, like the tech meetups, right? Super important aspect of any sort of ecosystem. Um, and so seeing those types of things happening here, right? We have B-Sides Augusta, right? There's a, th I mean, we have army cyber enterprise units 
in Augusta, Georgia, right? We just need to like create the venues for them to. And, and and NSA and that's right Savannah Riverside and right. like yeah Vogel, right. et cetera, yeah. et cetera. right yeah. tech companies are starting to relocate a little bit right and so I think all of those things right that's how you bring people here is that is it's got to be a place that technical talent feels uh, at home right and welcomed and and so all of those things contribute it's not any one thing it's not a super cool um, office space on the fifth floor of the Georgia Cyber Center with a beautiful view of the Savannah River that's but one part of the total you know, sort of um, ecosystem, right? And yeah. What's been your favorite part about Augusta? Favorite part about living in Augusta, I should say. So mine is that it's close to home, right? So I grew yeah. up about an hour from here. Um, so my kids' grandparents are an hour from here. My um, both sets of grandparents for my kids are an hour from here. Now it's close to home. It's close to where um, I have a daughter in college. So it's close to where she's at. Um, and you know, you may like, Oh, wow, you're close to home. But like in the military, you know, 21 years and 13 moves later, um, it's Ouch. cool to be, yeah, it's cool to be close, uh, to where family is. Um, so I, I really like that. Um, besides that aspect of it, um, it's, I've kind of come full circle, right? So my first assignment as a brand new, um, commissioned signal Lieutenant at the time in 1999 was here at Fort Gordon. So sort of I come full circle. My um, And it's just amazing to see how much it's changed down here. Um, Fort Gordon itself looks about the same. Um, at least the parts that I spent time on in the schoolhouse, they look the same. They're changing, though, getting more modern, so that's exciting. Um, but the, the opportunity and the potential for growth and jobs in this community and how far reaching that will have beyond, you know, the three counties that are sort of in this immediate general area, in the entire CSRA, um, which for those who don't know is the central Savannah river area. Um, that was like a quiz question over Fort Gordon. They said, who's heard the term CSRA? And like you know, a bunch of people were his hand, who knows what it stands for? And everybody put their hands down. And now they're changing it <laughs> they to are? Augusta's river region. So Augusta's, River. Is that going to come with extra pirates? <laughs> Let's hope. I'm Let's a hope. fan. I'm a fan. Um, <laughs> but no, just to see it change and the potential here and the impact it can have across you know multiple communities uh, is exciting. Um, it's you know no no. Um, it's not a well kept secret that I'm an old dude and I'm near retirement, and so like having a place to settle. And finish up, um, you know, and that's just the potential for all the opportunities to stay in the general area is exciting to me um, personally. Um, but also, like Jason was talking about, like our cybers workforce here, the Army has five battalions of cyber soldiers, right? A battalion is like an organization, right? They have five. Four of them are here, right? There's only one that's not here. So, in this community, most of our Army cyber officers and soldiers and all that are here, right? So teaching for four years at West Point, I see a lot of my old students in the area. It's good to see them, you know, after teaching them and seeing them kind of grow up and kind of move on, you know, to, to bump into them. And so it is, you know, it is a nexus for at least Army cyber. You know, hopefully it will be a nexus for, like, all of the cybers. And I'm going to do the air quotes, too. Um, but... uh that's what I'm excited about. 
I think I think along the same lines, you know, before there was a cyber domain, right, or a cy- before there was a cyber branch, I should say, uh, if you were a um, officer who wanted to, you know, uh, stay technical, right, one of the very common paths was to go to grad school, get a computer science or electrical engineering degree, and then go teach at the electrical engineering and computer science department at West Point. And so we were just kind of running through a list of all the alumni of the faculty at uh, EECS who are here. And the list is long. I mean, I think we were up to about 20 or so people who are currently in the area, right? And so all, uh, you know, very educated, very uh, calm. And just, I I think like that sort of, um, anytime you can surround yourself with just really excellent um, uh, peers, right? I think again, going back to sort of that ecosystem, like high level thinking, like yeah, right. right. I mean, I, th- yep. I think that's it's just really sort of inspiring, right? And it just makes you want to do better and be better. And so, I think having um, those Army Cyber Enterprise units here, right? Um, you know, each faculty and, and not uh, is just super. Um, you know, inspiring, right? I mean, just the level of commitment to uh, the mission of national national defense, the level of commitment to self-learning uh, is just, you know, something I think that makes us all thrive, right? I mean, West Point is, and we're not talking about West Point here, but like we are talking about West Point now. It's such a small community. You know, the joke is, it's like Mayberry, right? When you leave post to go somewhere, you don't even have to turn your blinkers on because everybody knows where you're going anyways. Um, and so to have that community, like for my for my wife, she can go over to post and she can see, um, you know, our old neighbors, right? Because people that we worked with in our old department, they're all here now, right? So the sort of the families kind of keep together, which traditionally in the military, you know, you're, if you're at a duty station, you make good friends. You move three years later, you know, you go to the four winds, right? You go everywhere. And here, there's sort of like, there's not so many places you can go in our community right now. And so we're all going to bump back into each other eventually. That's part of building that ecosystem and making sure there there are places for people to interact and um, those chance interactions increase, you know, to see someone you know and you're comfortable with. Like all of us that are from Augusta or maybe just me, the only one in the room. Um, Correct. <laughs> you know, everywhere I go, I know someone, so I'm comfortable places. So that's exciting that the opportunity has not followed, but been placed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that just speaks to the importance of having – the venues that will draw folks off of Fort Gordon into non-work, um, it, uh, you know, environments uh, to to really like bring up the entire community. Right, that's how Augusta benefits. I think from all of those people being here. All right, thanks, guys. Any alibis? What does that mean? Um. Anything else a, you want to that, say? I mean, that's a very military term. So I was—is it really? It is. Yeah. Huh. So if you're on a, if you're on a range and you're firing and you have a round that doesn't get to go down, you, that's called an alibi fire, and you shoot it again. And so schooling me. Whenever, whenever someone asks for a, you know, any alibis, that's what they're asking for, right? Because you didn't technically mean, did you kill anybody last night? Do you have mm-hmm. any alibis to get away with it, right? So that's funny. That was free. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Other Duties as Assigned. We'd like to thank Clay and Jason for joining us today. And if you have any questions about anything that you heard, you can direct those to rebel at dds.mil. Thanks so much.